0: Amen. Well it is good to see you tonight. I I enjoyed singing with y'all tonight even though I can't sing. I've kind of got three voices going tonight so uh, I don't know which one's going to come out right now. But last week I started a sermon series uh, on Sunday morning. I didn't get to share it with you on Sunday night but it was entitled Uprooted. And Jesus told a parable uh, that said that there was a man who went out to sow seed and he sowed some and it fell on the hard ground and it didn't come up. And then he sowed some that fell on shallow ground and it sprang up. Uh, But the sun was hot and scorched it immediately. And then there were some that fell among weeds or thorns. And it came up, but because of the weeds were sucking up all the nutrients, it was unfruitful and it was unproductive. Uh, And then some fell on the good ground and was productive. He explained this to his disciples. Some of his parables weren't that easy to get. And when he explained this to the disciples, he said the ones that fell among the thorns or the weeds were... We're choked out by the cares of the world. They're like people who who get God's word and they're doing good, but all of a sudden the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke out the word and make us unfruitful. Last week, I I talked to some of you about bitterness, how it can set in our life and make us unfruitful. Tonight, I want to talk about how the cares of the world are anxiety. Can make us uh, unfruitful. I know some of you don't worry about anything. I get that. You know, I mean, you just don't worry. You never worry. My wife, literally, she's, I almost told her age, mistake big time. She's a little younger than I am, but she doesn't have one gray hair at all. Uh, You know, I mean, the reason I shaved my head is I decided I was going to either be gray or bald, but I wasn't going to be both. You know, (laughs) and then my beard turned that color too. But I just said, I'm not going to. But my wife, she doesn't worry ever. She hadn't worried our entire marriage. I think three times our entire marriage, I've seen her worried. That's it. And I'm telling the truth. She just doesn't worry. That's the way she is. Uh, Others, you know, some of you are that way. You don't worry. Others, they worry about everything. I mean, you turn on the TV and, oh, my goodness, that's going to happen to me. Or you hear a story, what if that happened to me? What if that happened to my kids? And you're just in this panic mode all the time. So much so that people are, you drive them crazy. You know, and and they want to tell you, stop it, but they love you, and so they don't. And then there's the rest of us who just worry some. It comes in and out, but when it gets there, it's that anxiety attack at 3 o'clock in the morning about what is going to happen. You know, what I want to do tonight is I want to spend a little time talking about that worry. The problem with worry, you might think it's not a big deal, but worry can come into your life and it can choke out the joy that God you to have. And it can keep you from experiencing life the way that it was planned. And so, so, so why do we need to spend time with it? Well, one, worry is just a big waste of time. You know, if I were to ask you, how many of y'all have ever worried, you know, and added one hour to your life? you know, nobody would answer. But if I ask you, how many of you have worried and feel like you've taken off hours from your life? You know, a lot of them, "Mm, that's me. You know, some of you taking life off of your kids and off of your friends because you worry. I mean, you're constantly, tell me about, tell me about, what do you think? And they're like, okay. You know, you took an hour away from them uh, in their life, but it's a waste of time. Nobody changes anything with worry. A second thing is worry's a killjoy. I mean, it's just not fun to be around. It's not fun for you while you're in it. It's not fun for the people who have to endure it while you're in it. It's a killjoy. A third thing about worry is it damages your testimony, and this is probably most important. We say that we have a God who's in control, and when we worry, what are we saying? We don't know if God's got it or not. Uh, I told the early services this morning about a time I was with my daughter in Chicago, and uh, we were at a volleyball tournament there. And it was about 15 miles out of town. We were in a suburb. We were you know, in this real nice area of Chicago, but I have a friend from my last church who became a church planner in the inner city of Chicago, one of the highest crime rate districts in America he's in. Murder on every corner there, and he's planting a church there, and and I found out the schedule, and I said, hey, we can come down to your church, and he gave me directions, and I had no idea how I was going to get there, except I was going to put it in my GPS, and he said, make sure you don't get lost, because it's really dangerous. Well, I was telling this colonel in the Air Force who I'd been witnessing to on volleyball, he didn't believe in God, but he and his wife were wonderful, nice people. He just didn't believe in God, and I'd been witnessing to him. And I was telling him, man, I don't know if I'm going to go down there or not, because if I go down there, what if I get lost? What if I get shot? What if I... And I was going through this, and he looked at me, and he said, man, I thought you believed in a great big God. If he tells you to go down there, don't, isn't he supposed to be big enough to take care of you? That hurt. You know, uh, I mean, we... We say we believe that there's a heaven where people live forever and it's better than here. And yet we worry about our loved one dying and going there constantly. What's that say about our testimony? Or, you know, we worry about uh, our money. You know, how am I going to make it? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And it's to this issue that Jesus speaks. Now, what I'd really like to say to everyone here is look, if worry won't add to your life, if it won't contribute to your joy, if it has the potential to shorten your life, if it kills your testimony, what I really want to tell you is just quit. But it's not that easy, is it? Uh, I made Chris let me show this video tonight, but I like it. So I'm going to show it to you tonight. All right.
1: Uh, Dr. Switzer?
2: Uh, yes. C- come in. I'm just just washing my hands.
3: Uh, I'm Catherine Bigman. Janet Carlyle referred me.
2: Oh yes. Feel uh, being very uh, alive in a box.
3: Yes. Yes, that's me.
2: <laughs> Should I lay down? Oh no, no, no. We don't. We don't do that anymore. Just, just have a seat All and right. uh, let, let me uh, tell you a, a bit about our, our billing. I um, I charge five dollars for the for the first five minutes. And, and then absolutely nothing after that. Uh, how does that sound? Oh,
3: that sounds great. <laughs> Too good to be true, as a matter of fact.
2: <laughs> well, I can I can almost guarantee you that that our session won't last the full uh, the full five minutes. Now uh, we don't do any insurance billing, so you would either have to pay in in cash or by check. <clears throat> wow. Okay. And uh, and I I don't make change. All right. (laughs) Go. Go. Well, tell me, tell me about the problem that you wish to address.
3: Oh, okay. Uh, Well, I
2: have this fear of being buried alive in a box. (laughs) I just, I start thinking about being buried alive, and I begin to panic. Has, has, has anyone ever, ever tried to, to bury you alive in a box? No, no, but truly thinking about it does make my life horrible. I mean, I can't go through tunnels or be in an elevator or in a house, anything boxy. <laughs> so, what, what you're saying is you're, uh, you're claustrophobic. Uh, yes, yes, that's it. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's go, Catherine. I'm, uh... I'm going to uh, say two words to you right now. I, I want you to listen to them very, very carefully. Then I want you to take them out of the office with you and incorporate them in, into your life.
3: Well, shall I uh, write them down?
2: Well, it, if it makes you comfortable, it's just two words. Most, we find most people can uh, remember them. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yes. Okay, you're here, here, there. Stop it! Stop <laughs> it! Stop it? Yes. S-T-O-P, new word, I-T. So, what are you saying? (laughs) You you know, it's funny. I I, I say two simple words, and I cannot tell you the amount of people who say exactly the same thing you're saying. I mean, this, you know, this is not Yiddish, Catherine. This is English. Stop (laughs) it! So, I should just stop it. There you go. (laughs) I mean, you, you, you... you don't want to go through life being scared of being buried alive in a box, do you? I mean, that sounds, sounds frightening. It is. Then stop it! I can't. I mean, it's been with me no, since no, no, childhood. No, no, no. We, no, we, we don't go there. Just, just stop. <laughs> so I should just stop being afraid of being buried alive in a box? You got it. Good girl. Well, it's only been... It's only been three minutes, so that will be um, uh, three uh, dollars. I only have a five, so. Well, I I don't I don't make change. Then I I guess I'll take the full five minutes. Fine. All right. Well, what other uh, problems would you would you like to address? <clears throat> <sighs> uh. I'm bulimic. I stick my fingers down my throat. Stop it kind don't don't do that but i'm i'm compelled to my mom used to call me no 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 we we don't go there but i've been having this dream no we don't go there either but my horoscope did say we definitely don't go there just just stop it what 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 else well i have self-destructive relationships with men stop it You, you want to be with a man, don't you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes. Well, then stop it. Don't be such a big baby. I wash my hands a lot. That's all right. It is? I, I wash my hands all the time. There's a lot of germs out there. Uh-huh. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't worry about that one. I'm afraid to drive. Well, stop it! How are you gonna get around? Get in the car and drive, you you kook! Stop it! You'll
1: stop it! You'll stop it!
2: What's what's the problem, Kathy?
1: I don't like this! I don't like this therapy at all. You're just telling me to stop it.
2: And and you and you don't you don't like that?
1: No, I don't.
2: So you think we're. We're moving too fast. Is that it? Yes. Yes, I do. All right, then let me uh, let me uh, give you ten words that I I think will uh, clear everything up for you. Uh, you want you want to get a pad and a pencil for this one? All right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. right, here are the ten words. Stop it, or I'll bury you alive in a box.
0: man if it were just that simple you know if we could just stop worrying we know it doesn't change anything we know it doesn't make our life any better and yet it just seems to suck us in i mean every time it does what i want to help you understand are a couple things about worry first of all stop it absolutely thank you worry is not a response to a situation everybody thinks well i just worry it's the way i made i just respond to things that way that's not true Worry is a result of, uh, we've gone one too far. Back up one, if you would. Did we not go one too far? Back up one. No, we didn't. I'm wrong. It's a thing of must-play stress. Everybody thinks, you know, worry is, I just have to worry. It's the way things work. Let me ask you this. Two people experience the exact same thing. Do they all handle it the same way? So it's not the situation at all. It's how you respond Uh, To that situation number You might say, but it's just my nature It's what I do No, you worry about what you're committed to Let's let's point this out What worry does that shows what you're really committed to I have a confession to make I never, ever, ever Worry About your job Ever I don't You might come in and tell me, my job's a mess I don't know if I'm going to lose it, I'll be concerned I'll pray for you right then and there Probably pray for you after that but I'm not going to go home and stay awake at night. I'm not going to do it. And you might say that's pretty callous of you, but I struggled to get my sermon done this week, and I don't think any of y'all stayed awake wondering if I got done or not because you're not worried about my job. You know, hey, I'm not worried about your kids' grades. You know, if you sent me a letter and said my kids are failing out, I don't know if they're going to make it, and I will get on my knees and pray. I promise you I will, but I'm not going to stay awake and worry about it. I'm just not. Now, my kids make bad grades. That starts giving me heartburn, right? Because I'm committed to my kids. You know, I'm not worried about your retirement. You know, I hope you retire early. I hope you make millions. I hope you buy a house in the Bahamas and have me down every summer. I hope you do that. But I ain't worrying about it. It's just not that high on my priority list, your retirement. Uh, My worry is connected to the things I'm devoted to, and so is yours. Number three, worry is an indication of your greatest devotion. You want to know what you really love in life? What do you worry about? You want to know what you really, really have at the top of your priority list? What do you worry about? Jesus addresses this directly in Matthew chapter 6. And I want to walk through verses 24 through 33 with you. What's interesting to me is he starts this passage off... By talking about money. He says no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other. Or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. Your Bible might say mammon. If you were to read this. Mammon just simply means wealth or treasure. You just can't serve God and money. You might say, but I love both. Okay, but you're going to have to choose one because you're going to serve one or the other because the two will always be at war with one another. And That's a big deal in our society because our society, we put high value on what we have. Big time value on what I Do I have enough for a cell phone? Do I have enough to go on vacation? Do I have enough to have the nice house? Do I have enough to have the right type of shoes? Do I have enough to have the bow I want? Do I have enough to have the gun I want? Do I have enough to have the car? That's the way we live. It's where our world kind of sinners and jesus says you can't have both and then he says in verse 25 therefore i tell you what does that mean what i'm about to tell you is connected to what i just said you can't serve god and money therefore i tell you verse 25 do not worry about your life what you'll eat or what you'll drink or what you'll wear don't worry about these things now these were the top of their food chain when it came to worry They didn't know how they were going to eat. They didn't know where they were going to get clean water. And they didn't know how they were going to survive the elements, where they were going to find clothing and shelter. They just didn't know. If he were speaking to us today, he would probably say, don't worry about your retirement. Don't worry about how you're going to afford the new car. Don't worry about how you're going to afford the new house. He was, how you're going to keep your job. He wouldn't tell you, I'm 35 and I'm single. You know, uh, how my kid's going to make it. He wouldn't, he would tell, don't worry about those things. And remember, this is Jesus talking, not me, because it's really pretty bold. How dare you, Jesus, tell me not to worry about my kids? How dare you, Jesus, tell me not to worry about how I'm going to get ahead and, you know, catch my piece of the American pie? You know, how, how dare you? Well, Jesus knew that we have a tendency to let our hearts go after things that are not ultimately important. Now, Jesus is not saying that your kids are not important, your marital status is not important, your retirement's not important, but he is saying it's not most important. And it shouldn't be worthy of us consuming all of our time in worry. Uh, Verse 25 concludes by saying, isn't your life worth more than this? Really? Surely it is. Um, You know, I think Jesus is trying to pull us out of this frenetic cycle of, oh my gosh, how am I going to educate my kids? How am I going to retire? How am I going to do this? You know, and and then Jesus... uh, Listen to what he says next. It almost seems insensitive. He says, Look at the birds of the air. I mean, imagine if you came in to talk to me. (laughs) Ethan, you come in to talk to me about your life worries. I call you out. Man, I'm just not hitting that guitar lick just right now. (laughs) You come in and you say, You don't look like a warrior to me, Ethan. Are you a warrior? About certain things well you come in and you you come in and you tell me about those certain things you're worried about your job you're worried about your house you're worried about your girlfriend you're worried about you're telling me about these things and you're just pouring your heart out to me and i say ethan look at the birds man you're going to think one i've either lost my mind or i'm insensitive well jesus is talking about where people are going to eat what they're going to drink and what they're going to wear and he says hey look at the birds guys and now you can almost hear him, Hear the people saying, what, what gives, Jesus? And then Jesus probably says, are you finished? He says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't store in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. They don't have iPhones, they don't have uh, calendars, they don't have, you know, uh, uh, this tight schedule, they don't have all these things, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Here's the question. Are you not much more valuable than they? Really? Doesn't God care more about you than a bird? God's point is not be irresponsible. He's not telling you not to work or not to try or not to make plans. He's not telling you just don't do anything and it'll work out. That's fatalism. What he is... God tells us he wants us to sow, he wants us to reap, he wants us to apply ourselves to work hard and to try. But if he's saying if God takes care of the birds of the air, don't you think he'll take care of you? And if you don't like that, if you don't think that's too simplistic, listen to what he says. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And we know the answer to that. Your Bible might say something different. Some Bibles translate it different because it's real confusing in the original language. It either says, can we add a single hour to our life or can we add a single inch to our height? Well, I don't know which one it's supposed to be in the Greek, but I know you can't fix either one of them. Believe me, I've tried. You know, you just can't pull that off. And so... So he says, can you really do this? Then verse 28, he says, "Look, why do you worry about your clothes? Look at the flowers of the field. Look at the lilies of the field. Uh, They they don't labor or spin. They don't do anything. And then verse 29, he says, and yet I tell you that not even Solomon, the richest man in the world, in all its splendor, was dressed like one of these. Verse 30, he says, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? I mean, there it is. What, I don't know what you worry about. Ethan, I won't put you on the spot. But I don't know what you worry about. You know, I, I don't know. But don't you think that God cares for you more than he does the lilies and more than he does the birds of the air? And if he does, don't you think he'll take care of you? And then here's the catch. Here's where Jesus really kind of sticks the knife in. Back one. Or, or, uh, verse, uh, go to verse 30. Back one. You Of little faith. That's a strange statement in the Greek because it's one word. We translate it as four. The word is oligopistos. And the word there, since Jesus like made it up, it's not used anywhere else in Greek literature. History, poems, antiquity of any kind. Jesus is the only one who ever uses this word. It's kind of two words pressed together. And he says, you're a little faith baby. That's all you are. A little faither. You know, you you, you have faith about that much. See, here's what Jesus is saying. When if you're a warrior and I don't know who is, in my household we have one warrior and I've already told you who it's not. It has nothing to do with what's going on around me. It has everything to do with what I believe about the God who holds me. Do I trust him or not? Verse thirty-one. So don't worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? And listen to what he says next, and this hurts. He says, the pagans run after these things. Y'all know what that means, don't you? People who don't believe in God at all, act like that. When you worry, you look like a practical atheist. Let me break that down for y'all. I know that was. When you worry, people look at you and think you don't think there's a God. I thought you had a God who would help you get down there. Why if he told you to go, why are you worried about it? It hurts. See, all of us walk arm in arm with people who have some worry points. And most of the time, they're the same ones we have. Marriage, money, job, retirement, kids, health, school. We have the same problems people we walk arm in arm with have. They have to see something different in us. As you bump into people and share your story with people who have the same worries you have, your response should be so different that they're amazed. You ought to be melting down, and yet you're holding on. You ought to be giving up, and yet you still believe. I don't get it. What is it? Well, I got a Heavenly Father who loves me. Listen, Paris stuff was awful the other day, wasn't it? I mean, it was awful. Kind of threw me back to 9-11. Bad, bad stuff. If that stuff happened around here, you know, some of us, I mean, you know, we, we can kind of go on. We can watch the You know, our favorite football team almost stuck it to y'all a little bit today, but we can watch our favorite football team play today. Or you can't, you have to wait till tomorrow night. And we forget that it even happens. Let's, Let's be honest, don't we? We just move on. If it happened here, we wouldn't be forgetting. Now Here's my question. What if it did? Is God still in control? Is God still in control of Paris? Is God still in control if your family member gets sick and dies? If God's still in control if Delta were to close down completely, is God still in control if the airport said, you know, we're going to Ohio? Is God still in control if Boone County all of a sudden, instead of being one of the most affluent places in Kentucky, became one of the poorest places in Kentucky? Is God still in control if all of this stuff happens? Is He still in control? I promise you, the angels in heaven are not sitting up there going, oh my goodness, God, what's going to happen to Boone County? They're not wondering. Nick doesn't have his sermon done and it's Saturday night at 7 o'clock. They don't care. Because they know something. Nick's not the center of the universe. Boone County's not the center of the universe. There's a God on his throne who is the center of all things. And if our face in him and not in ourselves, it's amazing how worry can subside. I mean, that's the deal. I mean, this is where it all hits the road. Do I trust that there's a God who loves me and he's got me no matter what? No matter what. Even if the bad happens, the really bad happens, he's still on his throne. You see, the problem we have is we all live, let's be honest, we live a life centered around our own kingdoms. I'm happy and feel good as long as the world that I've invented that should stay all, always the way I like it is the way I want it. And if that's the case, I'm fine. And if it ever gets out of, that, out of whack a little bit, then I spin like crazy. Here was Jesus' answer. Go to the next verse. Your heavenly Father knows you need these things. Verse 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. You want to fix worry? Here it is. You start being concerned about what God's concerned about. You wake up and you say, Man, God's will be done, not my will be done. You wake up and say, God, I believe in you and you've got this and I trust you. Worry then will subside. You know, here's the problem. All worry does is show that we trust the wrong thing. Here, here, here's what I found about life everything in this life fades away. You don't believe that? Just wait. I see all y'all young couples here and stuff like that. Just wait. Talk to some of us older folks here. I hate Throwback Thursday on Facebook. Man, I feel old. I mean, life just goes by like that. I had a guy come up to me afterwards and he said, you think you got it bad <laughs> this morning? He said, it goes by like that. And Here's the problem. Everything in this world fades away. Everything. And if when we put our devotion in this world... Then that which we're clinging to is disappearing, and that causes anxiety. But if we cling to God and we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, then everything's okay. And then I love what Paul says. He says, in the peace of God, or go ahead, go ahead, don't be anxious about anything. Instead of worrying about Take it to God in prayer. Give thanks to what He's already done. And then it says in the next verse, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then He ends it with a twist. Notice this verse. You seek God and Him first. Listen to what He says. You know all that stuff you've been worried about? It kind of takes care of itself. Well, isn't that good news? You're worried about all this stuff? Trust God. Seek God. He'll take care of your heart. And he'll take care of that other stuff too.
3: As I was thinking about the songs that we were going to do this weekend, God brought a song to my mind and guy that grew up in a church where hymns were um, the norm and uh, every once in a while there's a, a hymn that will say it better than any other song um, and that's what this this song will do for us but um, as Nick was talking I thought about the idea of misplaced trust and I'm an analogy guy so this popped in my head um, let's pretend just put yourself in this situation let's pretend that you're um, a police officer and it's your first day on the job and all of a sudden you're sitting in your car, you're just a rookie, you don't know how this whole thing works and all of a sudden a war breaks out inside of you or outside of your car, would you be worried? Would you feel a little bit unprepared? Would you feel like the world's crashing down around you? Now let's pretend that while you were in the academy, while you were getting your training, the chief of all police in the world the chiefest the guy that made up police gave you his personal cell phone number and said if anything ever gets crazy you just call me i'll tell you what to do and that's how it can be with god we have the god of the universe on speed dial if we want him amen
1: what a friend we have in jesus our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in Oh, because we do not carry Everything to God in prayer
3: We guessing sing what a friend
1: and What a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and griefs
0: that uh, uh, there, there's a direct relationship between your worry and your faith in God. Guys, it's just the way it is. Uh, I, I hate to even acknowledge that because I raised my hand and said, I'm a worrier. Uh, but people know about your faith when they watch how you respond to circumstances. You know, and, and Jesus' solution to worry uh, is, is to de- redirect your devotion from your world to him. Am I most committed to him or am I most committed to me? And here's the hard truth of the night. As long as your kingdom is your priority, you're going to be consumed with worry. That's just the deal. You know, I, I, I could tell you stories about my wife and I won't, but my wife really trusts God. She does. She's not verbal. She's not that way. She doesn't have time. (laughs) I talk enough for all of our family. Uh, But she just is such an amazing person when it comes to just trusting God. And uh, I have watched her face hard stuff. A few weeks ago, it's been a couple, three, four months ago, doctor's office called and said, hey, we did one of her regular checkups and said, hey, you need to come back. We found something and we need to check it out. You know, and I'm sitting there, oh my goodness, what is it? What is it? She said, well, God's in control, me. I ain't worried about it. I mean, God, me. Did you hear... God's in control. I'm not worried about it. It's about you. But she is about God. And so, I, that's why her worry meter is so low. Um, and I guess the, the question of the night is, if trusting Jesus keeps me from worrying, will I transfer my trust to Jesus and take it away from me? Because, see, I, I, m- as much as sometimes I want to be the captain of my universe... And put my hands around it. And control it. I can't do it. You know. So. That's the challenge for you tonight. In a minute we're going to have time. Where you can take. Uh, uh, communion if you'd like. Um, give you time. to Give your offering. Uh, but it's also a time. Where you can lay your burdens. Before the Lord. You can come to the altar and do that. You can do that at your seat. And if you'd like to talk to a minister tonight. Uh, I'd love to talk to you and pray with you. Um, And uh, uh, I probably won't lay awake at night (laughs) about what's going on, but I promise you, I will take what's going on in your life before the Father. If you'd like for me to pray for you, I would. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never been baptized. You'd like to join church today. We had a lady baptized and a couple joined the church. Maybe you'd like to do that tonight. You can as well. Uh, But we're going to stand together and sing. And if God speaks to you, you can come.